Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breast Cancer Conversations. I love starting my week off with you because I feel like week after week, we're always bringing in great conversations. And I know for myself, as I'm interviewing our panelists, I am always learning. And it's my pleasure to be able to share all of this information and resources with you, our breast cancer community. Today, we continue the conversation from last week with Kelly Grosslegs. We focus on toxic positivity. What is toxic positivity? It may not be a term you're familiar with. But let me give you some examples, and I'm sure you'll be nodding your heads because we all have experienced this. But don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm all about positive thinking and having a positive mindset. After all, it's something I practice daily. I use positive affirmations. I have my gratitude journal. So I don't want to confuse toxic positivity with actual positivity. But there is a difference. I mean, there are days where I have to put on that smile and just mentally muscle through my day-to-day, whether it's dealing with jobs, colleagues, work, personal, my new puppy, etc. But deep down inside, I could be struggling. I am still coming to terms with a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm coming to terms with a new body image. I'm coming to terms with friends who are posting on social media about a recurrence or a metastasis that is spreading. So a lot of times we mask our true emotions to put on this front that we are okay, even though we're not okay. And that's not healthy. Other examples could be when we actually are going through a loss or a grieving and we're sad. And someone, even though they're well-intentioned, gives us comments like, well, look on the bright side of things. At least you still have X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. Well, sure, that's true. Yes, I'm grateful for all the things I do have. But right now, I'm sad and I'm upset and I'm frustrated and I need to sulk in my emotions and I appreciate you trying to cheer me up, but you also need to understand and validate and acknowledge how I'm feeling right now because I'm going through something really tough. Then you have the friends who are telling you to just remain positive, stay positive, you'll get through this, it'll be okay. How do you know it's going to be okay? So again, these are just some of the dialogues where people are sharing I think what the gut reaction is, I mean, I know I do it and it's kind of subconscious. Like someone has a bad day. I'm like, okay, let me do everything I can to help them have a better day as opposed to actually acknowledging that they are having a tough day and maybe they just need a friend to lean on and to vent to. Toxic positivity takes positivity to the extreme and puts optimism on a pedestal. According to the psychologygroup.com, they define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of happy, optimistic states across all situations. In today's conversation, I'm excited to be speaking again with Kelly Grosslegs, who's going to share with us some tools to not only identify toxic positivity, but also some resources of how to have these conversations and let people know, while their intentions are probably well-meaning, the language just does not serve us. Welcome to the conversation. There's always, to me, a fine line between positivity and reality. I mean, there is something called toxic positivity, Mm -hmm. um, where it can be actually very toxic 
when people are like, but you have to think good thoughts and you have to, you know, and I mean, I've sat across from in my office. I mean, I've been in this field for close to 30 years. So I've met a lot of people in a lot of situations and I've met some yogis and vegans and meditators and no drinkers and whatever. And they, they still get something. They get metastatic something. And they're a very positive, loving person. Um, if, I mean, truly, if that were what caused disease, I think we would have figured that out. Um, and also what I want to say about that is our bodies need and our minds need valves. They need things to leave them, whether that's your tears, words, sweat, whatever. We are not meant to keep things inside. Okay. Because that, and I'm not saying that causes cancer cells to go nuts. I'm saying that causes us to feel like crap. And I don't want people feeling like crap. One of the things that I will say as a therapist is I've tried to model for people because, and we even talk about this in the documentary, Judy does a beautiful job. I say, so what happens when you're trying to protect people and they're trying to protect you? And she said, nothing's getting done. And that's true because they kind of watch you. Families kind of watch you. They kind of take a little bit of your cue. Now, not all families. I've seen many that shut people down, like you were saying, Liz. Oh, come on now. You're not being positive. Stop, stop. We're not there. We're not there. We're not there. And um, and I've seen it. I've seen it play out. And I I understand why they say that, but I tend to shut that down immediately because what I try to do is I try to empower the person living with either the disease or living with the um, depression, cancer grief, whatever it may be, I try to empower them to show what they need. If you want to open up that you're scared, that your friend just died in the metastatic community and she had exactly your, she was ER positive. She was on the same medication. She was actually diagnosed um, after you da, 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 and died. You want to be able to take that And I want people to be empowered and be able to bring that out. And then I want families, and what I try to teach families is watch their cue. If they talk to you about it, that's your cue to talk about what you're scared of also. And so now we have this beautiful conversation that's happened that doesn't mean anybody has said, I'm not going to keep going to treatment or I'm not going to keep doing what I can do. That in itself is medicine. That in itself is, is healing to have that conversation. And so when people say things to us like, oh, don't do that. Don't talk like that. That's, that's not, you know, that's negative. Don't talk like that. Um, I hear it a lot in the grieving community. I work a lot with people who have lost people. And when, if you think about when you're living with breast cancer and you're here, things like you got to think positively now, come on, there's a lot of people out there that beat this, beat this every day and da, 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 da. I liken it in the grief community to when people say, well, at least the minute that comes out of somebody's mouth, it is not going to end well. It's a diminishing statement, no matter what's going on. Well, at least you have other children. Well, Well, at least your husband didn't suffer. Well, at least he was 90. Well, at least you can get pregnant again. Well, blah, blah, blah. 
At least they caught it early. At least the, no, please don't ever say at least. That is a, <laughs> I would rather say the F word <laughs> than I have. And I do, but I, you know, then say at least. That is the, one of the most diminishing feelings. And we even say it to ourselves. We get so hard on ourselves. Well, at least you can do this. Well, at least you can still do that. Well, at least we want to both and we want to acknowledge that it's difficult and still be allowed to feel what we feel. You're so strong. You're such a warrior. You're so this. Da, 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 da. And now what happens when they're having a difficult day? Now they've let people down or whatever. So I really tell people, be authentic if you're going to write. Share, share the, the, you know, the infinity sign, write about your difficult days, write about your good days, whatever. But again, you don't have to write about any of it, but it's been so interesting. And if even people in grief too, when people say, how are you doing? And they're like, I think I actually, I mean, I had a good morning. They're scared to say that because now the expectation is you're done. You're fine. You're better. This is done. It's over. And so the next time I see you, guess what? I'm probably not going to ask how you're doing because I'm going to expect it's okay. So it's a weird thing, you guys. But again, not our job to explain to anybody, justify to anybody our experience. So Kelly, I have a question. Somebody in this group, when they first posted about it, I didn't understand it because I wasn't metastatic. They did not want to be classified as a thriver or as a survivor, like it was a struggle. And I'm like, I don't understand. It's just a word. Mm -hmm. So now I'm living it. And I don't want to be classified as that. I want to be classified as who I am because I'm a person first and then everything else. But it's like everybody wants to slap a ribbon on it or a label, like somebody said about saying fighter. And I didn't understand it. And I didn't understand where people were. So how do we educate those people that aren't like living it. You know what I mean? After you live it for a while, you realize that you don't want to hear the same words all the time. Yeah, I bet. So how do you, how do we like, to, I know you take that message, but how do you get it across? Cause that's like another level of grief because you're grieving what you want to be recognized as. And then you can't hmm. get that. Not true. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And you did a beautiful job just now stating who you are. You said, I am a person with other things. And whatever platform you can say that on is where it begins. Because mm -hmm. if you make one difference and then you say, I grieve who I'm not anymore, or I grieve who, and then you're going to get the people that are going to say, oh my gosh, I love you. Thank you for doing this. And then Amy, you're going to get the people, but you're still an amazing person and you're so great. And you're this, and da, da, da. again, that's the, that's the, that's the lichen to at least. But you just said it beautifully, Amy. And sometimes, and I see Liz put an article here. Some people go grandiose. They write articles. They, they go and they do die-ins. They go and they do. And some people are quieter advocates. And it's not always in our DNA to want to advocate for everybody. Sometimes we have to start with ourselves. You're advocating for yourself. You are advocating for someone else. Always. Because there's somebody that will share a similar thing. But I just want to say, Amy, you just said a beautiful thing. You were very clear on who you are. You're very clear on how you want to be seen. 
And if you can say it this clearly to us, you can say it this clearly to whatever platform. And again, not your job to make sure every person on your Facebook understands it and they're comfortable with it. Whenever you live with something that's so life-changing, each day you have to allow yourself to show up for it in the way you are each day. And that the way you felt, maybe yesterday it felt okay to to say this, and maybe today it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely okay. And our families, um, it's their job to take care of themselves through this as well. Um, but for them, I mean, in an ideal world, everybody's family would ask you, how, how do you feel about it today? How are you doing with it today? How do you want me to refer to this when I talk to people at work about this? How do you want me to say it? What do you want me to say? Um, and, and we also have to have the permission that we can change our mind at any time. You know, how we felt and how we viewed ourselves last week with this might be different today. And that's absolutely okay. And that, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty when you live with a disease. And um, what I try to recommend to people is, is so cliche, but try to live right here, right now. In the moment. In this exact moment. Because living tomorrow and thinking about tomorrow brings us anxious thoughts and thinking about yesterday brings us depressed thoughts. So it's like, okay, right here is where I can live. And this is all any of us can do, really. I mean, you don't have to guarantee that next week you're going to feel great, even if your scan is fine. <laughs> right? I mean, I it doesn't, nobody, you don't have to, because everybody's going to be, oh, this is so great. Yes, and... I know I have to have it again in six months or I feel really great, but my friend and group just had a really horrible scan. And so that's the two together are kind of making me feel like this and that's okay. I would encourage people to say back um, that I have a feeling your comment is because you care about me, but I have a sense you didn't intend to hurt me or diminish me like you did. Mm. and they tend to go whoa well let's and some you know healthier people will take that and say i'm sorry what what did i do and unhealthy people will say oh you misunderstood me no i actually didn't um but but it's a just it's a very good way to approach people to just say i i I think what you meant out of that was because you love me or you care about me but what I don't know if you understand, and I don't think you meant to hurt me or diminish me like you did. Mm. And it gets quiet just like this. <laughs> just like this. And then it's like this. And then it's like, and then, but it's our way because we don't need to take that. That's yeah. not our job to take that. Kelly, as always, thank you so much for this deep dive in toxic positivity. You know, prior to this conversation, I don't think I knew what the term actually meant. But of course, as I mentioned earlier, we have all experienced this. I appreciate you giving us the permission to not be okay, to express our true emotions and remain authentic to ourselves. 
And thank you everyone for tuning in to yet another episode of Breast Cancer Conversations. As a reminder, the information on our podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult your medical care team. Now, if you want to continue the conversation online, you can definitely follow us on social media. On Instagram, actually, we have two handles. You can follow us at our nonprofit, which is Surviving Breast Cancer Org, all one word, or for the podcast specifically, which is Breast Cancer Conversations. We're also on Twitter at SBC underscore ORG. And please give us a thumbs up and a like on our Facebook page and YouTube. Until next time, keep on thriving.